0: would you welcome sister sherry as she comes and we've got something to honor you with this is yours but i know you ain't gonna be able to hold it as you preach so i'll hold it for you come on give it up for sherry y'all thank you thank you very much amen it's good to be in the house of the lord amen Amen. It's a lot of you guys. Well, um, thank you so much, Pastor Rich. You're welcome. <laughs> AKA Hun for everything. Um, I think I'm just gonna go straight into the word. Amen. 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 So I know the ladies. I know you either got your card today, right? Because the the what is it like the top five gifts? for mothers is the cards, the flowers. Did you get your carnation? The lady who invented this Mother's Day would be very angry because that's what that's what she started it with, the carnation. And she got mad because people, they want carnation. They wanted more, right? But you didn't get yours, I got mine. And I'm thankful. Um, and you probably got that gift That someone got for you that you have to plug it in and you don't really like it, but you smiled anyway? Nobody? Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm just going to jump right in. Happy Mother's Day. Stop talking about me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just trying to give you guys a hint. Normally, if it's something you got to plug in on Mother's Day, don't buy it don't do it right <laughs> so let's just jump straight into it I have a really quick word for you as I normally do and I always thank pastor rich for giving me the opportunity to preach here I count it a privilege amen amen, amen. so I will pray can we pray uh, father I thank you for every woman every mother every family that is in this room today as we celebrate mothers today father we come here God to receive a word from you we pray that you would prepare our hearts any distractions we rebuke it in the name of jesus and we pray that we would have a wonderful service learning something new from you open our eyes to things that maybe was hidden god i thank you in advance for the blessings that you bestow upon these women today i pray that you continue to keep them safe throughout their travels throughout their journey in this uh, motherhood this land of motherhood I thank you God in Jesus name and all God's people say amen amen, amen. amen. all right so today I'm going to be reading from 2nd Kings 4 I'll be reading from uh, the NIV version and it's a wonderful story about this prophet by the name of Elisha and I love Elijah and Elisha does anyone else love those two prophets like literally there are like the bad man bad men right that's the correct grammar of the bible I mean Elijah he is this is the man who's calling down fire he's killing all these prophets of Jezebel right and then he's Outrunning chariots, right? He's raising people from the dead. He's going to the Jordan. He's just parting the Jordan. He's walking past it. This is Elijah. This is the bad man of the Bible, right? Who wants to show power like that? I know I do, right? And here we come. We get Elisha, who is now going to be the successor of Elijah. And he is just as bad when he takes over for Elijah Elisha parts the Jordan well let me set the scene up like this right everybody is telling Elisha Elijah is about to be taken up by the Lord so Elijah keep telling Elisha listen just stay here I got some work to do and Elisha says no he keeps following his master all the time three times Elijah says, stay here stay here he doesn't want to stay because he knows that at any time Elijah is going to be taken up and he wants to be there with him so here comes Elijah here comes the Jordan River and Elijah just taps it with his cloak and the Jordan passes It, it, it not passes it separates right and he walks over when he walks over, here comes Elijah being taken up in a chariot, right? To heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha, now that the baton has been passed, the Jordan is covered up. He comes back. Not Elijah, Elisha. This is the second brother, right? He comes, he takes the coat, open the Jordan, and walks across. And everybody says, oh... This is the new master here. So here comes bad man, Elisha. Elijah's gone and this is where this story takes up, right? So it says in 2 Kings 4 verse one, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves so first thing I'm going to give you a little bit of information it says the company of the prophets and if you're reading from a different version you're probably going to see the sons of the prophet and this doesn't mean that these are the actual sons of the prophet or is it a company of prophets but this is like a like a seminary right these are a group of prophets that have been training under elijah and now that elijah is gone Elisha is now the father of the prophets right so here comes this widow her husband is dead and she is her husband used to be in this group the company of the prophets so she says to him you know my husband right He's a a revered man. You know that he was a prophet. Well, guess what's happening, Uh, Elisha? They're coming for my boys. And I don't know what to do. Sometimes in life, have you ever gotten to a situation where you're like, man, I don't know what to do. When I read this, the first thing that sticks out to me is that this is a prophet. In the time of Ahab and Jezebel and Ahab's sons sometimes we think that this world that we're living in is so bad oh it was bad back then too so here comes a good man who is serving the Lord his family is serving the Lord and here comes death death comes to everyone right it's even one day God forbid now, God forbid it's coming. A long time it's gonna to come to us all, right? So here we have this woman who comes to Elijah, Elisha, and she says, My husband is dead. I know that everyone in here is probably not at a terrible situation as this woman is. But I can tell you, if you live long enough, there are gonna be situations in your life that is going to bring you very, very low. But what can we draw from this story, from this old widow? I'll tell you something. The first thing she did was go to Elisha. He is the father of the prophet. Now, somebody's dead, right? They're coming for her sons because they're in debt. And back in those days in order for you to pay the debt well somebody got to work it off so the sons are gonna work for six years and on the seventh year they're gonna be released now you're a widow you don't have no way to get money and now your boys is gonna be sold into slavery this is what she's dealing with right now she could have sat and say man Who do I know, how how can I figure this out? I can figure out something, but you know what this lady does that a lot of us don't do? Is look for a spiritual solution. If you sit and think about it, she can try to figure out, well, how can I get money? What can I do? Can I talk to my neighbor? Can I do this? Can I do that? situations in our life that we come across we never think "Mm, there's got to be a spiritual solution here sometimes we are just living just like the world something has happened "Mm, let me see how can I figure this out girl what you think I should do guy what you mom what do you think I should do there is never the first step of figuring out what is the spiritual solution let's take that from her life amen so she goes to Elisha she goes to the father of the prophets if you're looking for a solution a spiritual solution you go to the father your father your heavenly father is gonna give you the spiritual solution that you need so here she goes to Elisha the father of the company of the prophets and she says to him you know who I am you know who my family is this is my situation you know when I look at that it also seems because sometimes we forget as believers we do go to the father right But we have a company of prophets, and here we have the father of the prophets. It's like a seminary. It is training. It's kind of like a church, right? And the father of the church, other than the heavenly father, would be the pastor, right? But most of the times we don't do that. We don't come to the pastor. We have a problem, YouTube what is this person saying you're looking to see if their dress nice do they have the tie on do they look like they have money you go to find worldly solutions to everything instead of using what god has given you he's given you him he has given you the church and he has given you pastors and leaders When you read the Bible, it says God has given you pastors so that they can gift you with knowledge and understanding. And we don't take advantage of that. We think the pastor is just someone who sits and just motivates you, and then you go back out. There's more to this man than just a motivational speaker. He oversees his flock. You're his concern. So here she goes. She comes to Elisha. And Elisha says to her, he said, this is verse 2. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said. She has nothing. Have you ever felt like you had nothing? Sometimes when we think about that, when we look at her situation, if you've experienced a death in your family, you know that feeling. There's someone that is missing. The whole family dynamics has changed, right? You feel like nothing, but I wanna tell you, When we look, well at least when I look and research stuff that women go through, that they are battling with, and I just say women because it's Mother's Day and you would see a lot of that on the internet, and this does not mean that men aren't dealing with it. There are so many things that have women feeling like nothing, that is not death. You have social media, and you see all these different comparisons. You wanna share how you're um, teaching your child how to read and then someone says, no, you're just pressuring your child. Why are you doing that? You show them what you're eating and they're like, no, why, why would you do that? So there's a whole bunch of comparison and there's people that feeling like they're nothing. Stuck, right? It doesn't have to be death there are people in this room that feels like nothing because every time there is a sale including the Mother's Day sale you're always purchasing something you're trying to fill that void but after the high is gone you feel like nothing nothing you're in a marriage and you're fighting you you don't like your husband your husband don't like the wife and you're just like what did I do I feel like nothing Well, what should you do when you feel like nothing now she says to him Mm-mm. I don't have nothing there's nothing that I have and then the bible goes on and says mm. She said, except a small jar of olive oil, the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil, don't, (laughs) the oil. she almost forgot about what she had I want you to know if you come up against challenging situations look for a spiritual solution use your Heavenly Father he's there for you for a purpose use the church it's there for you for a purpose and don't forget about the oil what are you talking about about the oil well when when we look in the book of Samuel right and Samuel is here to anoint a new king and Samuel comes in and he sees all these young and good looking young men he's like oh you're kingly good well he's there to anoint the new king right Where is David? David is not here. Eventually he's called. The Bible says when David walks in, God says, arise and anoint the king. And here comes Samuel. He gets up and he grabs the oil and he puts it on David's head. And the Bible says, and then the spirit of the Lord was with him from that day with the oil so we know that when we read in the Old Testament the oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit and for believers we forget just like she did about this oil a lot of times we forget the oil because we don't read our Bible we don't know what's the purpose of this Holy Ghost What is he here for? Well, when you look in John 14 and John 16, you hear that he is your advocate, your supporter, your helper. He's the one that when you're sinning is going to convict you. When you are looking for truth, he is the one that is going to guide you. Are you looking for a spiritual solution? And then you forget about the oil that you have. How is he gonna guide you if you're not using what you matter of fact? That someone died to give you access to. You don't wanna forget about the oil. Don't forget about that power in that oil. So here she goes. She goes, and she says, Yeah, yeah, yeah almost forgot the oil i almost forgot the oil but i got a small jar of olive oil so here she is this woman feeling like nothing because she has nothing except her boys and you know mom is not letting anybody come to get her boys i mean when we look You ever look at those um, those videos, actually I look at about three or four this week, of moms who have like this superhero strength when it comes to rescuing their child? Man, I heard two stories about these moms. The first one was a mom who saved her seven-month-old child from a cougar. First of all, where are you? I don't even know if I see a cougar if I'll know it's a cougar so where are you first of all but no judgment but mama came and snatched that child from the cougar you know that superhero strength that comes on when you're about to protect your child I heard this story which is the craziest this woman twins in the car and the car starts rolling down I'm assuming that she went to put something somewhere and the car start rolling down the hill here comes mama I'm reading this story and I'm like I know what's gonna happen uh, no you don't sister Sherry because what happened shocked me I thought she was gonna run inside of the car and try to stop it mama jumped underneath the wheel she became the wedge for the car that's the length that moms would go to protect their child. Here comes this mom who knows that these kids are going to be sent into slavery. I, I can't think of, thank God, I don't have one of those stories where I'm like super, I turn into super mom to help my kids out. The only thing I can remember is when I was a I was chilling in college, me and Pastor Rich, we were just watching Jerry Springer because we were young and all that good stuff. Jerry is dead now, I heard but, <laughs> but um, we're there chilling and then all of a sudden I found out I was expecting a child I became a superhero all I wanted was a job <laughs> that's my experience at that point it was like you're not chilling anymore now a child is coming I'm getting a job right so here we have these uh, two kids that are about to be sold into slavery and mom Is doing whatever she needs to protect them right she almost forgets the oil Elisha gives her some instructions he said go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few not just a few but you're asking for empty jars When I started this message, I spoke about times when you feel like there's nothing left. Different situations in here, different situations I can uh, mention. But I can share with you a time that I really had nothing left. I was just super dry. And I know I have a few pictures that I think I gave to Ruel, and I'll tell you, I had a wonderful, wonderful grandmother uh, by the name of Clarice Garroway. Actually, she had a lot of names. I don't know if it's a Guyanese thing, but she was like Mary, Maymay. I don't know. I don't think they, like, they used to have like birth certificates or something like you just go and make your name up. I don't know. But she had a lot of names, and this is my grandmother, and I believe this is my mom in her arms. And this woman, she was such a beautiful soul. Funny, I mean, she was, you know, everyone who talks about their parents or their grandmother would say that, you know, she was given, she was kind, she was, that's what she was. The whole neighborhood, all the kids loved her. She would give her shirt off of her back. You give this woman money, and she's taking it to give it to someone else. That was her. And she was just such a pillar in our family. And unfortunately, about seven years ago, I believe it's seven years ago, she came up here. And when she came up here, we took her to the doctors, right? And when we took her to the doctor, uh, she was having a lot of pains. And in my country, the healthcare system is not the best. It's getting better. They didn't see what they needed to see. So when she came up here, they said to her, by the way, I love that picture. We cannot figure out who that dude is. (laughs) We do not know who he is, but I love that picture. If you know who he is, let me know. Richard, you're terrible. That is not my grandfather. (laughs) You are not the father, okay? No. (laughs) No. So, um, she came up here and, um, we took her to a few doctors and we found out that she had cancer and she had cervical cancer, which I was so upset about because, ladies, if you go and have your yearly examination, early detection can save your life. So I was so upset that it was something that was curable. And I remember, man, she came here. I think I have a picture the last time that she was in the church when I had a big belly. That's not a... That was the the last time. She was right at that back wall, and I was pregnant with um, Silas. And I remember we prayed for her. We laid hands on her. I fasted for her. Oh, man. Everybody. We were just like, she's so kind. She's so good. You know, at one point, I'm like, God, there's so many evil people in here. (laughs) God, come on. You know, like. Please, and ask for forgiveness after. But you know, it's just like, if you got a lot of good people, one less bad, (laughs) thank God that I'm not God. So we prayed for her, and unfortunately, she did not make it. She lived a good life. I love my grandmother to life but when she died I was so angry at God because I just felt like you have the power to do it why wouldn't you I didn't want to hear my condolences I didn't want to hear well you know she lived a long life you know I didn't want to hear any of that I did not want to hear I would come to church And for certain songs, I could not even sing. I couldn't look at her pictures, and I really felt empty, really empty when it comes to that. It was like a disconnection to to me and God. And you know what? Most people, other than my close family, would not know what I was going through because my personality is, you know, I'm to myself. So when I see the faces, I don't take it for granted that you're not going through something. Because on the outside, you can look put together. But the inside, you're dry. You're empty. Something is missing. And that's how I felt. So I remember coming, and sometimes I just couldn't raise my hands to pray. But I want to tell you about the oil. Here comes the lady. She brings, Elisha tells her to go get the jars and fill it up, right? in. We we'll go back to three. In verse three, Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. Well, what are you supposed to do with these jars? I want you to take those empty jars and I want you to start pouring it out. When I look in the dictionary, like, because I, I always like to, you know, when you know the meanings of words, but then you start looking it up, you're like, yeah, this makes sense. This really makes sense. And pouring means exchanging it from one container, something that's loose, something that is liquid, and pouring it into another. Here she comes pouring, and as she pours, it is filling. I want you to know that when my grandmother died, and in that season that I just felt alone and out of it, what I did was I didn't forget the oil. Well, how did you pour the oil? I took Elisha's advice, I went into my room I went into my silent place I went into my car and I started pouring it out on God I wasn't looking for someone to talk me out of it you're just you're just bugging you're gonna get through it I needed the Holy Spirit to do a work I want you to know in this place that wherever you are you take that thing that has you empty that have you empty and I need you to go into that secret place and I need you to start pouring it out and as you pour he is gonna keep filling you because that's what happened you have that anger you don't know why do I keep yelling at these kids When you drop them off in your car, in your home, you start pouring it out to God. Holy Spirit, you got to help me. I don't know why I say these things. Those bitterness that you have, pour it out. Bring all those empty containers in your life. That missing person in your life that you're like, why did you do this to my family, God? I need you to start pouring it out to God. And as you pour, he is going to fill you. But maybe you don't believe you're trying to figure out hmm that sounds a little bit too easy well maybe because you don't read the Bible a lot of us are good with whatever we get on Sunday which is a lot because if it wasn't for my husband I tell him all the time and sometimes it sounds like flattery but he is a really good preacher and what i mean by that is that you don't need all the extra stuff i like preachers that when you you tell me something about the bible i'm excited about reading it i want to know god's word he makes it alive so don't take the bible for granted when you start pouring it out God he's going to start filling you up amen amen give me one second Hmm. all right I kind of lost my place but I huh so we pour out into all the jars and each is filled put it on one side so she left him shut the door behind her and her sons. And they brought the jar to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, she said to her son, bring me another one. So here she is in the room with her sons. Interesting, Mother's Day. She doesn't do it and her sons is outside. Matter of fact, she did not Tell her sons to pour she had to do it herself so there's some work that you have to do and not only that she brought her sons in the room so they can see what she's doing I was reading this book this week and this quote will always stay with me it says mothers are makers of men And the architects of the next generation she's bringing them in the room because the architect designs trying to figure out what's functional or not she is setting an, an example for her sons we are supposed to train them up right we're supposed to train them up right so here the sons are in which reminds me there's this wonderful I don't know if you guys know Winston Churchill you might may not right there was this story about him he said they were trying to get a list of all the teachers that were you know was instrumental in his life and they wrote all of them out and he said uh, they sent it to him and he sent it back he said don't forget the greatest one my mom Moms, statistics shows that you spend most time, most of the time, with your kids. They're watching you. You're their teacher. Don't do everything secular and applauded in front of them. And everything godly is all in here. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. You are teaching them. If you are the architect of the next generation, you're showing them how to build. You're showing them how to function. So if you're not sharing, you're not teaching. So here she comes and she brings the kids in and they start to pour. And it starts to fill up. Amen. And the Bible says, but he replied, there's no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and your sons can live on what is left. So it's not just going to take care of you for this period, but for the rest of your life. How are you going to live on it, right? (laughs) Um, Two more points and I'm done. Here we have the woman who started out with a terrible situation and decided to look for a spiritual solution. After looking for a spiritual solution, she knows where to go, to the father, to the pastor, to the church. After she does that, she gets instructions, right? And that's where the Bible comes in. Because I can tell you from my experience of doing New Believers classes, a lot of people pray every day. A lot of people don't read their word every day and what starts to happen, because prayer is easy. It's just you talking, Lord, give me this, thank you for that, thank you for this. But those who read their Bible knows that when you start praying, knowing the word, your prayer is different. That's when you're not just talking to God, but God is dropping his words in your spirit. You're praying, God, help me with anger, and then something just drop in your spirit slow to speak right stop talking but a lot of us don't read the Bible so our prayer session with God is just a lot of you talking a lot of words and God never penetrating that heart that's where the instructions come in amen so here she gets the instructions and now that you get it a problem with believers too is that everything is motivational You get the instruction oh that sounds good but you got to do something you got to start pouring a lot of you would sit in this room and know that thing that God is tapping on your heart and say we got to get rid of you need to pour it out are you gonna say oh yeah that was a cool message and you're gonna go home and you're gonna look at YouTube how do I get rid of anger because we are now convinced that the world has the solution for our problems. When God left you a book, and I I don't know, every time I preach, Pastor Rich, I always say this verse, because it's one of my favorite verses, that the women would know. All scriptures are God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be fully equipped for every 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 good word you know what that means to us this Bible everything that you would come against come across that would challenge you it has an answer your finances oh there is an answer your marriage there is an answer your lack of love Mm, there's an answer I want to be used by God there is an answer but it sounds good but when it comes for you to use it there is something missing but she uses it And then she sets an example for her kids. When she starts pouring it out because she's saying to God, I'm giving it to you. Because I know that everything in this world is yours. The Bible says the gold is his. The silver is his. Everything in this earth is his. So I know that you have the answer. And when he gives you the answer, it's not just for you. To live on but it's those that are around you to live on let's be faithful to the God who has given us answers amen amen, amen. amen. pastor rich I think I'm